The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now South Africa is the seventh heaviest country in the world, according to Social Progress Index 2014. And this can be attributed to physical inactivity and increased consumption of junk food and poor nutrition. So on the forum date this morning, we examined the factors that lead to unhealthy lifestyles and weight-related issues. And we will also explore certain lifestyle factors such as maintaining healthy weight, regular exercise and a nutrition diets and you're welcome to call uh, in and ask for advice I already have um, uh, one um, SMS here that uh, speaks to a very serious matter which I will be putting to our panel but uh, the lines are open 0891 SMS us on the number 34701 and you can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM and uh, to help us uh, traverse through this minefield is uh, Mr. Gabriel Eckstein who is a dietitian at the Heart and Stroke Foundation. South Africa. Thank you so much for making the time to speak to us this morning. Good morning, Sakina. It's a pleasure and uh, nice to be on the show. And also with us, uh, Nonthen Dala, who is a fitness trainer, uh, some of which I need to learn more about. Uh, thanks for speaking to us, Nonthen. Hello. Thanks for having me on the show. So let me just start off by asking Gabriel, why do we get fat to begin with? Well, you know, you're asking a, a fairly wide but simple question in a sense. So to give you a wide but simple answer as well, it's our body is an energy system. Uh, we need a certain amount of energy on a daily basis to keep on functioning. Obviously, other things like proteins and nutrients as well. But if we only look at the energy side, if our body gets more energy in than it's actually burning, it's very efficient at storing that energy. And obviously, it store, stores it as fat, which is our body's energy store. So it's a imbalance in how much energy we're using versus taking in. So that is where fatness comes from in the most basic sense. So as South Africa, it is very clear looking at, you know, um, all the research that is available that we have a fat problem in this country and our children being the third most obese in the world. So what would you think are the contributing factors to this in the main, Gabriel? Well, I think that's always, you know, the question that everybody wants answered. And as simple as this energy system is that I just explained, just as complex on the other side is obesity within our South African context, all the different factors that influence it. So, yes, we know it's energy in. So what are the typical foods we're eating? Uh, how much exercise we're doing? And we know that we're fallible in both of those areas. We're not exercising enough. We're not moving enough. And we're eating the wrong foods, not only the wrong foods, but also too much of, uh, of foods. Uh, and then it's also within our whole social context, which is uh, poverty, the foods that are affordable, uh, how is the wrong foods marketed to us, and what are our own perceptions of what we want our weight to be. All those things, especially in the South African context, weigh in very heavily. And of course, uh, once we realize exactly what the problem is, because some of us can't avoid it, Nantle, we look in the mirror every day, and uh, yeah. we have every intention of rectifying the situation, but it's difficult, especially when it comes to exercise, as Gabriel was just pointing out. This is something yes. that is not a swear word as such, but it's just difficult to get started. <laughs> Where do you start? I think uh, we need to find innovative ways to, to train and not be reliant on a structure. I always promote, um, you know, uh, when you take the stairs, don't take the lift. You know, for example, carry your groceries, park far, don't wait, don't drive and look for the parking close to the shopping store. We, we are lazy. 
we are lazy and we use excuses all the time. We, we can't make it to gym. We don't have time. Mm. You know, I'm a mother. I have a child. There is always time. Find time. You know, if you can be on Instagram for 30 minutes, no, that no. 30 minutes, use it for, 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 for training yourself, investing yourself. Yeah, see, I'm going to put my hand up because I'm guilty of all of that. I will yeah. look for the closest parking spot to exactly. the door at the at the mall. <laughs> I will wait. I'm so patient. Yeah. I will even wait for that spot closest to the door. Um, exactly. And, and, and as you say, use the stairs. Ooh, yeah. Don't take the lift. It, 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 you know, it, it's those small things that make a difference. But Those you see, little things that make a difference. That's also the embarrassment because you know you are so uh, out of shape and you are so unfit that by the time you get to the top of the stairs, you're out of breath and you're just practically and waiting to die. Okay. And that is okay because that's, that's where we all start. If you are unfit, that's where you all start. Even if you are lean, when you are unfit, you are out of breath by the time you get to the top, top stairs and there's nothing wrong with it. We have to start somewhere. You know, you you can't compare a ch- uh, someone's chapter one to somebody else's chapter twenty. We have to start somewhere, but we can't just ignore it because it is a problem. Mm. It if it affects our um, uh, our GDP in the country because health is a major contributor. So we need to take it seriously. And what I've also noticed is that um, adding to what um, Mr. Gabriel was saying now, culturally, I know that. Uh, junk food was seen as, uh, we were deprived of junk food when you're growing up. Uh, it was seen as food that uh, we have when we have lots of money. When I say junk food, I'm saying biscuits, chips, all those things. Those were luxury foods culturally. So now what I see parents doing is that the modern parent is trying to make up for what they didn't have growing up. And they feed our kids this food to make up for it, mm. if you know what I mean. This, this, this was food that they, they couldn't have access to growing up. Now they're making up for it. So that food is used as a replacement. I'm spoiling my child. I'm giving my child what I can uh, because I can. And it's wrong. You know, we, we need to pack from lunches because as mothers, we also contribute majorly to, to, to health at home. We are the drivers. We are the HODs. We need to set the standards. But this is how we do it because kids mimic what we do. And we need to already gear up this generation and teach them this is how we are doing it. We're doing it healthy. We, we're moving away from the typically African culture that we used to. Mm. And, and you see, those are some of the hard truths that we need to own up to. Um, when we look at our children and they are obese, we need to take yeah. responsibility for those sorts of things. But unfortunately, it doesn't just end there because we, we do pay very high prices for these poor lifestyle choices that we make, uh, Gabriel. And, you know, some of the health-related issues, if we look at the incidence of diabetes, of high blood pressure in South Africa, it, it is just unbelievable but it all is linked to these lifestyle choices that we make definitely definitely um you know we i think in south africa we're sitting uh, with we're only almost seeing the tip of the iceberg at the moment because we have this background of a, a lot of poverty and suddenly people becoming more affluent and starting uh, to eat as we were saying before more takeaways more foods that previously weren't necessarily available uh, so there's a move within our culture um, and we're seeing that now as 
people starting to become obese, and we're seeing, you've already mentioned some of the numbers of how obese we are compared to other countries worldwide, uh, but obesity takes 10 or 20 years to move into uh, all the other health effects that we see from it. So then we're talking about the diabetes, the strokes, the heart disease, uh, and we at this stage already seeing how high those things are. Uh, we're sitting with a problem where one in three adults in South Africa have high blood pressure. We're not really sure how many people have got diabetes at the moment, but it's probably somewhere around one in ten people, which is already very high. Uh, and we, uh, we can only expect those things to get more prevalent uh, through the next couple of decades unless we really start making some changes uh, to what we're doing in South Africa with our food and our exercise. So, Big problems ahead, uh, and we need to start planning ahead for it. And luckily, the Department of Health is starting to some extent. They're putting a big focus on uh, what we call non-communicable diseases, the so diseases of our lifestyle, so heart diseases, diabetes, etc. Starting to make changes to legislation uh, regarding things like salt, regarding how we market foods to children. Uh, so we're starting some of those processes, but there's still a lot of work to do uh, to educate people about what is healthy and why it's important to be healthy but also to work together with industry to help us to get more affordable, healthy choices that, gets, uh, that we can eat. Mm. And, and the Department of Health, and I think, you know, um, I always say we're very quick um, to demonize and we should be equally quick uh, to give out the bouquets when good work is done. And, and they have been really active in this uh, area. Uh, the Department of Health are aggressively addressing uh, the areas of heart disease, cancer and a host of other diseases. Uh, they've come up with this uh, four year plan to curb uh, chronic conditions and uh, doing some really good work in that regard. But uh, so people, we faced with all of these uh, poor uh, choices that we've made, and then we realize that we're in trouble, we need to do something to rectify the situation. Uh, but unfortunately, then we are also bombarded with a whole list of possible things that we can do, diets to be specific, not there. And yeah. you never know what to do, what is what. People talk about calories and calorie intakes and, yes. uh, <laughs> and, and, and there's banting and, and banting. It, there's a whole host of things, and you just don't know what to do. You know, for me, um, it's about uh, being healthy. It's a lifestyle. I don't follow a particular diet. I just, uh, I, I just balance my meals. I have to have a bit of everything. I have to have a bit of carbs, healthy carbs, healthy fats. I have to have my protein and my, my, my fruits and veggies. For me, that is consistent. You're not depriving yourself of a certain food group. Your meals are, are balanced, and you need to eat, you know, small portions. We have different lifestyles, you know, and uh, you can't expect to shed as many, and, and, and body types as well. So you can't expect to shed uh, as much uh, calories as I would because we work differently. Uh, for example, a person that is a construction worker will burn uh, different calories than a person that works in the office. So we need to have a greater understanding that we are individual and we need to start enjoying the healthy lifestyle and stick to what we love in the healthy context, if mm. you know what I mean. So find the – and it's easy to find. If You, 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 can, you, you can even Google, you know, your – uh, fat burning vegetables, your 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 balanced meal. It, it it's all there. It gives you a, a list of food groups of um, carbs that are low GI, lean protein that doesn't have uh, fat, and just balance it out.
it's 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 a perfect balance. It's not about uh, fainting. It's not about this and that and this diet. It, it's a lifestyle. We need and we need to be consistent. It's something that we need to adopt for the rest of our lives. It's not something we do temporarily to achieve a certain goal weight and then gain back the weight again. And I think and therein we, lies part of the problem, perhaps a yeah, big part of the problem. Because you deprive yourself of certain food groups because you want to quickly get to, 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 to a certain goal weight, like people will eat protein only, for example, and deprive themselves of food because food has sugar. Yes, it has sugar, but it has good sugar. You must just eat it in moderation. Then they get to a certain weight. Then they gain back the weight because their meals are not balanced. And you need to be consistent. If you have a bit of everything and you plan your meals from when you go grocery shopping, this is the list that I'm going to buy. This is what I've learned about um, uh, low GI food, uh, carbs, everything, lean protein. Then it starts from there, you know, and implemented at home. It's easy. You maintain it, and healthy food is divine. It's delicious. Food preparation is important as well, how we prepare food. So, yeah. So tell you what, if you perhaps on a diet of sorts, and uh, we've got uh, Nontle and Gabriel with us, so you can ask questions about that. You heard what their views are on this, but uh, maybe you have chosen this and you are sticking to it no matter what, but perhaps there are questions that you'd like to ask to clarify certain things. Call us on 891 Kolani, you're calling from Gladstone. Good morning. Okay, we'll get back to those lines. In the meantime, uh, this um, SMS that I spoke about earlier, it says, I'm diabetic and I need to lose weight desperately, especially abdominally. I can't stay away from sugar and thus my poor control and complications are detrimental. How can I be helped? Gabriel? Well, I think, you know, when somebody is already at the stage where they have diabetes, diet is even so much more important, not that it's not important in the first place. And, of course, weight loss is part of that. So diabetes is really about two things. Uh, if you have type 2 diabetes, which we call diabetes that's late, that you get later on in life, so not something uh, that's necessarily a genetic thing, but something that is because of your lifestyle, uh, then we need to... Uh, firstly, uh, get some weight loss, and weight loss will automatically make that diabetes so much better. Uh, and then second, we also need to keep an eye on sugar levels, on blood sugar levels, so we can control blood sugar levels throughout the day. So the more controlled your blood sugar levels uh, are, because essentially diabetes is a disease where your blood sugar levels uh, go too high and too low, uh, and that causes long-term damage to the body, particularly the arteries and the veins, also causing heart disease in the long term. Mm. So we need to, so, so weight loss, but also a structured diet plan is very important. Uh, and the emphasis is really on structure in a sense because more than somebody else, uh, a, a person with diabetes, their body is not able to control their blood sugar levels from their meals as well, which means we need to distribute foods gradually through the day, uh, especially our carbohydrate-based foods where most of our glucose is coming from. Those need to be distributed in the right portions throughout the day. Uh, and if somebody with diabetes has not seen the dietitian, that's really the first place to start to get a clear idea of exactly what they should be doing. Um, uh, this listener is saying that although they are diabetic, they can't stay away from sugar. So yes, is there um, any way that you can help maybe wean them off the sugar that clearly is detrimental at this point? 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things, uh, there's, uh, sugar's been in the media uh, a lot of late, uh, all the sugar that's in our foods, uh, the question about where, whether sugar is addictive or not, uh, but I think even for a diabetic that is so much more paramount and we need to get away from uh, sugar as much as we can in that case. Um, and whether sugar is addictive or not is an interesting question and to be honest, we probably don't know the whole of it yet. Um, but a lot of it is to do with our uh, essentially uh, emotional addiction to sugar, uh, our u- being used to sugar, but also our palate for sugar. Uh, and that's to do with our taste perception, uh, being used to eating particular foods. And we can compare it with salt or sugar. If you gradually start cutting down on something, your body starts uh, getting used to not having as much of it. Your, the taste receptors on your, your tongue starts changing, and actually you start not craving as much of it. So whether it's sugar, whether it's salt, we can gradually reduce our taste for it. Uh, And with something like sugar, the problem is sugar gets added into a lot of things as well. Obviously, we think of things like fizzy drinks, which which is one of the main culprits, uh, but it could be breakfast cereals, it could be yogurts, it could be obviously all our chocolates and confectionaries, but all these things have got a lot of sugar in, and we have to gradually reduce the amount of sugar we're getting from those things. Uh, Say, for instance, we look at something like uh, your typical sweetened yogurts, which is very popular. Most people like their, their flavored yogurts. If you eat a small portion of that, you might be getting two to three teaspoons of sugar in it. Uh, and that's a very sweet food, and if you keep on eating it, you feel like eating it all the time. Now, if I tell you to change over to a non-sweetened plain yogurt, the first time you eat it, you're going to say, oh, this tastes horrible, I don't really like the taste. And you're going to stop eating it, and you're going to go back to the sweetened yogurt again. So how we can do that gradually, say, for instance, you go on your weekly shop and you buy a tub of the normal one and you buy a tub of the plain one, so a sweetened one and a plain one, and then you put half and half in your bowl. And every time or every week, you start adding a little bit more of the plain yogurt and a little bit less of the sweetened yogurt. And by that, you're adapting your palate and you're getting yourself used to not having as much of the sugar. And the same would be going for having sugar in your tea or your coffee. But gradually reducing it, you're getting used to not having so much of it. Well, I hope that helps you there, Anonymous. Uh, well, let's go to the lines. 891 Darren in Johannesburg. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think one of the things that brought me down to reality was after my wife had been diagnosed with diabetes at an age of 47. I can tell you that really took me for a shock. The only way we were able to beat it and to actually try and help each other to it was to do this jointly as a family. So the children plus myself plus my wife are now on a diet that's suitable and compliant to what a diabetic, diabetic has to eat. And that has now, as a support structure, is helping her get through her day-to-day. Because you, you still have, as your, your, your guest panel said, people have these urges for you know, sweet stuff. Mm. And whenever she's, you know, so all sweets have basically been banned. All fizzy drinks have been stopped. All your, your, your fruit juices, which have high sucrose and fructose levels, those have been stopped. And now we buy lots and lots of water. So in every room, you would find bottles of water kept along. In the refrigerator, there's only water. There's no uh, soft drinks that have high sugar content. So in you know, my suggestion to people who have these urges and who are diabetics is to have a family support structure to get them through that. And that will make it easier on you. And I think by joining a gym, it makes it even more better because there you have instructors who train you and teach you. And it's not, it's not uh, rocket science. You go there, sit on the bicycle, you do a half an hour of it, you go back home, you wake up in the morning, you feel fresh, you feel reinvigorated, you actually feel good about yourself. And when you look at yourself, you say, well, I'm, I'm actually looking better. 
So that in mm. itself is, it's all about you. You wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror and say, today I'm going to look after you. And that's the important thing. Well, that's a great call. Thank you so much, uh, Darren. And I think, um, you know, if you do have that support, it really does make things a lot easier. Just want to run through uh, some of the uh, messages before we go to news. Uh, Jazz Fundy says... I'm a fit and I weigh 87 kilograms. I'm pumping irons, aerobics, uh, running, but I'm struggling to lose weight to at least 80 kilograms. Uh, so uh, maybe Nonsle can answer that in just a moment. Let me just read through a few more. Um, this one uh, from Buddha says, uh, teach kids to pay the price for healthy living early on in life. 20 years later is too late. Invest 30 minutes every 24 hours. That's the key. Sane uh, Sihai says, like everything else in life, being fat is a choice. We need to stop treating it like a condition. Uh, Cynthia Nkosi's contribution when packing lunch boxes uh, for our kids, we need to be careful as well because that could be where the problem starts. And trust our own Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela to say this. He says, Mina SK, I am what I eat and I just remember Round is also a shape. That's from Clive. Mtandeni says, uh, Tina, in rural areas, we eat ipapa always, sometimes with potatoes. It's healthy. And uh, that's in Pitratif. And then Khomotso says, nutritional issues are often linked to affordability. The poorest diet is driven to get full, no privilege to balancing the meal. And then Stelo, uh, we are middle class now, so we consume a lot of whiskey. We indulge in junk food and we are seated all the time and uh, add to that a lack of exercise and that's why we look the way we do. Um, Mangaliso Ngobo says, impressed by the number of people who are jogging early in the mornings, Ekasi, and I hope they will be around uh, come the third week of January. And then our own Rulani Paloi, who is enjoying her leave, says, since the heat wave started, I've lost appetite. Uh, one meal a day keeps me going. And a few others here, Tanda Ngumalo says, SK um, have a serious addiction. My addiction is bread. Uh, it is bad. I don't know what to do. I've tried so many tricks. Please help. And I tell you what, Tanda, we will try and get an answer for you. Because these are the things that we struggle with. The breads, the sugars. Most of the time, that is where the problem lies. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we're in conversation with Gabriel Eckstein, who's a dietitian at the Heart and Stroke Foundation of South Africa, and Nonthendala, who's a fitness trainer. And uh, we are talking about factors that lead to unhealthy lifestyles and weight-related issues. And uh, just before the break, I was reading an SMS here from Tanda Ngumalo, who says uh, her addiction is bread. And she says it's really bad. She doesn't know what to do. She's tried many tricks, can't get away from it. Do you perhaps know what we can do there, um, uh, Nontle? How can Tanda get around this one? I think it's a mindset issue. You know, I I also had that same problem with bread. And eventually when I started eating healthier, I changed my bread to rye bread, which is a healthier option. Um, and then when you prepare your breakfast, you uh, you learn about uh, different food groups. I started changing that and uh, introducing egg omelette with salmon. The more filling the protein was for me, it helped me get rid of bread. You know, I, I, now I don't even touch bread anymore. There's mm. no need for me to eat bread anymore because it's difficult to digest as well. And I've just lost taste for it. 
it's no longer a, a health sector. So it's 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 like um, Doctor was saying to to the palate needs to get used to certain types of food, and you need to slowly and gradually introduce this healthy lifestyle, not just drop bread completely, but eat less, introduce other forms of healthier bread, and eventually introduce other foods to substitute their bread. Mm. And then yeah. I, I, I also want to go back to what um, uh, Itumeleng was saying about uh, him weighing 87 Ks, he's pumping irons, he's doing aerobics, he's running, he's doing a whole lot of things, but he wants to get down to 80 Ks, so that 7 Ks seems to be a bit of a problem. Any idea of what he can do, Nantle? I think it's to adjust the meal plan. I don't know what he's eating at the moment, and I don't know what the ratio is of him pumping iron versus doing cardio. I know that when you lift a lot of weight, your muscle mass becomes that, that, that much more as opposed to do, doing a lot of cardio. When you're doing a lot of cardio, you become leaner. And you, you know, so I don't know what he, the intake is. It's very difficult without knowing what his training schedule is looking like and what his eating plan is looking like. But uh, when you want to lose the weight, uh, the, the carbs should be reduced, the protein should go up, and the cardio should be uh, more than the weight lifting. And then, um, Gabriel, a few of our listeners uh, actually talking about expense um, that one incurs by buying healthy foods. Uh, this one from Kahisha Moeng, for example, saying healthy foods are expensive. Poor people uh, who are in the majority will grab whatever fills their stomach. Nkosing uh, Pile also says it's difficult for the poor to eat healthy because health foods are expensive. Uh, it's easier to just get junk. What's your response to that? I think that's an issue that comes up very, very often. Um, but we have to look at it in the sense of what we are doing in South Africa is we're in a transition of food. We're changing from a tra- traditional African diet uh, where, yes, we're eating a lot of pup, but we're also eating a lot of beans. We're eating a lot of vegetables, often grown within the communities, uh, maybe drinking things like a mass. And the, that traditional African diet was not necessarily an unhealthy diet. Uh, but now we're taking that diet, we're keeping some of it, we're keeping the pup or we're keeping the bread, but we're adding takeouts, we're adding fizzy drinks to it, and we're spending more money on those things, um, which we could rather be using that money to buy more vegetables and to buy more fruit. Uh, So it's about offsetting where you are spending your money. Uh, But the basics of your diet doesn't necessarily need to change. We need to get those veggies in there, which are not always expensive options. When we're talking about things like our spinach or maroch and our beans and things are great substitutes for meats and more expensive things. Um, so, you know, we need to keep hold of some of the good that we used to have and not necessarily throw that away. But watch out for where are we putting new things into our diet that is actually costing us more money uh, and try and, and take those things out rather and spend those, mo- those monies on better things. Uh, and then the other thing I just want to, I think I also picked up from your listeners, there's quite a few people uh, SMSed in and said, you know, I'm happy to be fat. And I think that is something we do need to address in South Africa uh, because there is perceptions in South Africa about your body shape saying, you know, a fuller figure is better for you. And we are not trying to say that everybody should be uh, a stick thin. You know, that's not the, the ideal. And, yes, uh, I think in, in Africa with our different genetic profiles, not everybody is designed to look like that. Uh, but it's about where the weight is around your body, uh, particularly if you've got a lot of abdominal obesity, so weight centered around your midriff, then that will propose... Uh, making more likely to get that, uh, 
diseases like diabetes, like high blood pressure, like heart disease. Um, so we're not saying that fatness in itself is a disease, but it's a condition that makes you much more likely to develop these diseases, and therefore we do need to address it. We'll come back to that in just a moment because that earlier SMS also spoke about abdominal fat and just, you know, what could you do in order to target certain areas uh, where some of us, uh, at least, you know, a fair number of us seem to have the the fat settle for the most part. But let's hear from Claire in near George. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. Um, I wanted to uh, complain about the habit of people to give rewards of sweets to kids which is setting them up to, uh, for failure because the, uh, it becomes their comfort food. And it always makes me cringe when I see um, an advert on the radio promoting um, uh, uh, little toys stuck in a sugary, chocolatey um, uh, sweet as a reward for um, achieving something or being good. I think uh, that uh, that's already training that, uh, them in that direction and also people who buy their kids uh, um, a a sweet drink I won't name it uh, the most popular one um, and chips when they come out of school Um, that's uh, pushing up the salt intake and regarding exercise I read a very interesting book by a jockey who um, started trying to lose weight by um, putting on uh, stacks of jerseys and um, uh, running, and he was advised by one of the um, older, experienced jockeys that that way he would just put on extra weight. They said he said take long, brisk walks, and uh, walking is one of the best exercises um, uh, apart from going up and down stairs. And uh, one uh, one can do that in a painless way because one doctor advised a patient who was overweight. He said uh, she didn't want to take long walks, so he said, well, do you like window shopping? So he got her walking around the mouth so that uh, in a painless way she was actually losing weight. Mm. No, thanks so much for sharing that with us, uh, Claire. And um, I'm sure some people would take that to heart, and and, and it it, it does sound as uh, though it's something that could be helpful. Um, I also just want to read some of the messages uh, before I go back to how we can target certain areas, because there are actually messages that uh, speak directly to these sort of things. This one says, I've lost around 20 Ks over the last six months, and I'm just wondering if you can give me some tips on how to tighten the loose skin on my body now. So Nantle, let me give that to you and also maybe talking about that abdominal area because that seems to be a problem area for a lot of people. Um, you know, to tighten loose skin, usually we, we, we weight train, but some people can't get to the gym, for example. So we use uh, our own body weight to turn. There are different exercises you can Google up on body weight training, uh, things like push-ups, planks, all those sort of things for legs, lunges, squats, you don't you don't need to rely on a structure to tone those up. For those who can afford a gym membership, they can sort that out at the gym. And also what we need to realize, like you said earlier when you introduced the show, that when you say gym, it's like a swear word. Not everyone likes going to gym. So find um, 
uh, what you love, what you are passionate about. I know I'm passionate about boxing. I know there are other people that are passionate about Pilates, for example. Swimming is also another form of um, toning your body. So find what you love and introduce that in your lifestyle and let it become your way of toning your body without making it feel like it's a punishment because it's not a punishment. The minute we stop loving what we do, then it feels like a lot of work. But if we love what we're doing and we enjoy what we're doing, it it gives us pleasure to do it while we see the good results. Mm. So, so, so for this listener, um, if you have access to a gym, if you have a gym membership, then you'd go there. As Nontle was saying, you'd do the weight training. But l- let's assume uh, this is someone who perhaps does not have access to a gym. What can she do practically at this stage, or he? Practically at this stage, I would suggest that you know uh, start by walking, start by 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 doing hill sprints. For example, they tone the glutes. Um, Google uh, body weight training, like I was saying, you can do lunges. That doesn't require a, any uh, sort of thing. You can do squats. You can do push-ups. You can, you know, picking up groceries up and down instead of pushing the trolley. You know, th- those are innovative ways of uh, toning your body on a daily basis. The environment around you. I use the environment around me to exercise because I don't have time to go to gym a- anymore at this season in my life. And I use everything and uh, around me to, to, to train. I pick my baby up and down and do presses with her. I go up and down the stairs. Uh, you know, I use the couch as my, 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 my squatting rack. I sit up and down, and that is the way I tone my body. And um, just a few more here. Here's an interesting question from Nathan. Nathan says, how do you suggest to your partner or family member who's gaining weight that they do something about it without being harsh? Any ideas, Gabriel? <laughs> That's quite a tricky one, I'd say. I think it will depend on the relationship between the two partners, uh, you know, what you are able to say within confidence and within love. Um, Remembering that you don't talk to a woman about her weight because anything that you say, she's fully aware of. Yes, I think there's a very fine balance. And even when you start suggesting, uh, you know, activities and things, you know, you need to be very careful that you don't uh, cross any lines. But you know what? I think this speaks to what one of our listeners, I think it was Gareth that phoned and talked about, you know, doing things together as a family. Uh, And also what uh, Claire that just phoned and talked about when she was talking about kids is that really it's about how we, uh, these habits we create as a, as a family, as a, you know, as a partnership, and that we do things together, whether it's eating together and learning to eat the same foods as children and adults, uh, whether it's you know, going out and enjoying our time uh, active together, we need to form uh, these habits that last and we can keep on doing. Uh, and hopefully, if we do that together, then hopefully that will uh, shed some of that extra weight that, uh, that you're getting worried about. Mm. And, and I love that idea because if you really love someone, if you really care about them, then, you know, walk the journey with them. Um, here's an SMS from Steve in Durban. Steve says, I'm in my mid-40s and I'm very healthy. Never been on a diet, never even had a filling, uh, played a lot of sport in my 20s and I walk every day. I eat everything, sugar, carbs, fats, etc. And I'm still the same waist size as I was at 25. I think moderation is the key. Now, see, I don't know if it's just me looking for an excuse, but I I want to agree with Steve that that is it. I don't really want to cut anything out of my diet, but I think I need to look at levels of moderation. 
Yes, I think, you know, there's, there's definitely an element of truth to that. And we often say, you know, do everything in moderation, but it becomes a little bit more tricky than that. And, you know, if we're, I'm sure your listeners would agree that it's not as easy for everybody as that. No, it uh, isn't. Some people are blessed with a slightly uh, better metabolism than others, and some people have got a, um, a genetic... Uh, genetically more likely to pick up weight. We have to realize that as yes, uh, we, we um, estimate that somewhere between 60 and 80% of, of your weight is to do with your lifestyle, but there's definitely a genetic component to it as well. Um, the one thing to probably mention as well is that it's not just about your weight, it is also about what's going on underneath the skin and that mm. we can't necessarily see. Uh, and we see it with, um, sometimes we see it with ex-athletes, and I'm not talking about Steve, it sounds like Steve is very happy, uh, very healthy, um, but you get um, even some professional athletes that have got to maintain a good weight and you think they're fairly healthy, uh, but then suddenly when they are 50 or 60 or even earlier than that, they do suffer from heart disease or something like that uh, because it's not just about the weight, it's about what's going on inside. Uh, so yes, you can maintain your weight by eating the right amount, but it's also about getting the right amount of fruits and vegetables, not drinking too much, not smoking, all these things interact. Uh, and that's why, yes, we need to look at the weight, it's very important, or the waist circumference, but we also need to look at things like our blood pressure, our blood cholesterol levels, our blood glucose levels, uh, and those are things that every person should really be doing on a yearly basis. Um, here's an anonymous SMS. It says, um, I found that mixing cinnamon with plain yogurt works well, and now I don't even enjoy the sweetened yogurt at all. Also, cinnamon is good for diabetics plus appetite suppressant. I'll definitely be trying that one out. But uh, sticking with uh, the issue of diabetes, there was another one that I'm trying to find here. It's there uh, from Prof Tonic. And um, he says, SK, I hear in some cases your sexual performance can be affected by diabetes how true is this and what are the chances uh, Gabriel you know what um, I'm, uh, I probably have to give a little bit of a disclaimer that I'm not a, a cardiologist but um, it is definitely true that uh, sexual impotence in men is related to the health of your cardiovascular system and if we think about it, and um, diabetes and cardiovascular health. So your heart disease and diabetes is very, very tightly linked. And the reason for that is when you look underneath both of those diseases, what is going on is our blood vessels uh, are deteriorating. They're getting stiffer, they're getting harder, they're not as elastic as they, as they should be, and they're getting clogged up. So that happens with both of those diseases. Now you think when you have a heart attack, that's one of the big vessels in your heart that's getting clogged. If you think about your male reproductive organs, that has got a lot of very, very, very tiny little vessels in it. So if those vessels start deteriorating, then that can lead to sexual impotence. So often in men, that could be a, a sign. It's not a definite because there could be other reasons for it as well. Uh, but typically in men in the uh, middle age, if they suddenly start having impotence, then that is something that needs to be considered. And definitely somebody in that case should go to the doctor and have a full checkout done. And Vernon in Kokstad says uh, the price of glucose test strips should be investigated. As a type 2 diabetic, I can only afford uh, two tests, um, one per day. How does that help? Um, and, 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 yeah, that's perhaps something, as you say, that needs to be investigated. But um, I've also found that people take diabetes very lightly. And as someone who grew up with relatives uh, who were type 1 diabetics, um, I, I cannot begin to explain to you the devastation that diabetes can wreak on your body. Um, and, and having seen a cousin who died at the age of 35, who was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic at, as a, uh, a, a toddler, 
he lost his sight, um, a large part of it very early on. There were the organ transplants, kidney failure, you know, um, limbs, went in for an op um, for his knee, came out paralyzed. And, and, and his dad went through more or less the same thing. Several kidney transplants, uh, also a number of, he, he, he had his leg amputated. He had lost some of his fingers. This is a terrible, terrible disease that will ravage your body. And you need to take care of yourself. It may not seem like something terrible uh, because it's not, you know, as um, widely spoken about as some of the other uh, diseases. But um, yeah, diabetes will do things to you that you cannot imagine. This morning, uh, we are talking about lifestyle, lifestyle choices and how it impacts on our uh, li- uh, on our weight and, and, and on our lives as a whole. And we're speaking to Gabriel Eckstein, who's a dietitian and fitness trainer, Nontle Ndala. And um, I want to run through as many of these messages as I can. Let's try to answer uh, many of them. Uh, Nontle, this one from um, Mamabulu Maribe says, we are facing El Nino, it's hot. Many people are beginning to fall in love with energy drinks. How do they contribute to a healthy lifestyle? Energy drinks, wow. Um, you know, it depends what kind of energy drink you are taking, but usually there is hidden sugars, you know, which people don't realize. And I am not a, a supporter of certain types of energy drinks, especially because they are fizzy drinks as well. And uh, you get uh, a healthier options that are available. I won't mention any names, but you need to do your research of what kind of energy drinks you can have that have natural um, uh, supplements like vitamin that are, that are high in vitamin B, for example. Those would be good energy drinks with no sugar um, added in them. And um, that is very important to me to, to look at the table, you know, to see how many carbs it has, how many sugar amount of sugar goes in that energy drink, because most energy drinks have a lot of sugar, and that cannot be good for you. Well, um, uh, talking about how do you encourage a loved one to lose the weight, um, Ava says, SK, my husband, who was a gem, loved me very much, used to tease me and say, wobble, wobble, when he saw me <laughs> increase. And then um, Nyeleti saying, tough program for me this morning, driving with my husband, and he's so happy, smiling, and he's telling me, I told you so. And uh, Nyeleti goes on to say, um, my weakness is red meat, and I'm blood type A and I'm told to eat grass, I need help. <laughs> Gabriel? Oh, this is a whole other topic. You know, there's many diets out there um, and uh, many people are on different diets. And to an extent, if a diet is working for you and you're losing weight uh, and you're doing it healthily, that's, that's good news most of the time. But uh, the blood group diet as such, which uh, became, became popular in the late 80s, kind of 90s, uh, is really driven by one individual in um, in America. I forgot his name at this instant. Um, but there is absolutely no uh, um, no evidence, no scientific evidence behind the blood group diet. In fact, there's only been two articles published in the last, last 20 years on this diet. Uh, both both of them um, emphatically uh, refuting uh, this diet. So it's not really something uh, that I would encourage our listeners to uh, to follow. Speaking of, um, Wendy Adams wants to know, would you advise people to use products like Herbalife to lose weight? Are they sustainable or do you take these forever? 
Well, I don't think I'll comment uh, particularly on Herbalife as such, but I'll comment on uh, meal replacements as such. Uh, so something that you would use instead of your breakfast or instead of your lunch or instead of your supper. And I think uh, that can be a very successful strategy in the, in the short and the medium term. Uh, I see many patients that start doing that and it gives them more structure in their, in their meal plans. Uh, it takes some of the thinking away of what they should be doing uh, and they can be very successful successful in doing it. Uh, I think in the long term, I would like to see people come back to food, uh, but even, as I say, in the, sh in the medium term, which could be up to a year or even longer, uh, it can be a sustainable option just to make things a little bit more uh, structured for you because how much structure you have helps you to make something, uh, make something a habit, makes it uh, achievable, makes it realistic, and something you can stick to. Uh, and if a diet is not something that you can stick to, then that is really what becomes the problem. There's so many different diets, weight loss pills, mm. magic solutions, uh, and most of them will give you weight loss. Uh, most of them will help you to, you know, drop a few kilograms in the first week, weeks or maybe even few, uh, first few months. But the problem is can they help you to do it long term uh, or in some cases they can even cause you to uh, get into a kind of a yo-yo diet um, cycle where you lose a little bit of weight, gain a little bit of weight, lose a, bit of, a little bit, gain a little bit. And that's actually detrimental because every time you lose weight, you lose a little bit of muscle mass and when you put it back on, often you only put the fat back on. So actually you're becoming less muscly and more fat, even though you stay at the same weight. And that's not a, a healthy thing in the long term. Here's an SMS. says, uh, don't sit and watch the news. Walk around the lounge while watching. You end up walking about 3,000 steps, which is about one kilometer. David Hughes says, aha, so the Nkaba is no longer an indication that people are living the good life. And uh, God-fearing B says, uh, people can afford a healthy lifestyle. It's just a lazy mindset. Grow vegetable in your backyard. Drink a lot of water and green tea. And, and we, we have very little time, but I want to talk about these tea. Uh, the green tea and all the detox teas and all of these things, do they actually work, Nontle? What do they actually do? You know, uh, it's it's becoming a trend to, to have these detox teas and people use them as a miracle drink to uh, to uh, lose weight. It's not sustainable. It's not something that you say, it's, you know, it, it, it's like people have just discovered this de detox tea and think this is the answer to all my problems. It's not. You know, we we go back still to food. Yes, the, the the tea will help you uh, in in some way. The, the detox teas that are available available with uh, certain ingredients will help maybe your uh, your, your system to run better. Um, you, you know, to cleanse, it's fine, but it, it it's not something that you you can use to lose weight. No. That is not sustainable. It still goes back to what you put in in terms of food and choosing the right options for you. The teas, yes, as an assistant drink, they will they will assist, but it's not uh, the answer to a weight loss uh, program. It's not. So, uh, take sure, Stembile, everybody else who sent your contributions, really appreciate it. And um, uh, to our guests as well, thanks for coming through and speaking to us this morning. Uh, but um, just as a parting shot, Nontle, uh, what would you advise in terms of people getting fit? Well, again, you know, it, it's tough. I, I, think, uh, I think to me uh, what has helped me over the years is waking up every day, looking at myself in the mirror and loving myself. It all begins with you. You need to invest in yourself. You need to have self-love. You need to respect uh, your body. You know, it's the only place that you live in. Fall in love with yourself. 
Mm. The mindset is very important. It's the most powerful of all because that's what controls everything else. If you don't have a healthy mind, uh, you cannot be consistent. You know, uh, uh, the healthy lifestyle and fitness lifestyle, it's not a destination to arrive in. It's a journey. It's, it, it goes on forever and it will carry you as long as you live. Fall in love with yourself. Love yourself and say to yourself, I am worth it. I'm worth this healthy food. We, you know, we, we use excuses sometimes that we can't afford it, but I see people buying cigarettes. I see people uh, spending on expensive champagne all the time or on beer, choosing uh, what is good for you is what is important. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but uh, maybe somewhere down the line we'll revisit this topic, judging by the response. Uh, it clearly was helpful, and you clearly enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to our guest, Gabriel Eckstein, dietitian at the Heart and Stroke Foundation South Africa, and Nontle Ndala, who's a fitness trainer. And thanks to you for, for uh, participating, as always, and to the production team. Have a fantastic weekend. It's time for news with Simpi Wenglongwane.